So when we meet Jesus and we declare that He is the Son of God, immediately you become a son or a daughter. Immediately your identity is given to you. That we are loved and that we are grounded and rooted in His love and we know that we're His kids, then all of a sudden we get to understand what we're made for, what our purpose is, which is where inheritance really begins. Intimacy says God chose you and He loves you. Jesus Christ died for you because God loves you that much that He wants relationship with you. You can't perform it. You can't earn it. You have to receive it. This morning, I want to make sure that we have some time at the end. Uh, the, the, the thing that's really on my heart today is just to continue what we are doing in worship is providing a space for Holy Spirit to meet us and to minister to us. And, uh, and I think that there's no better way to start this Christmas season this, than uh, to really allow Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts and check our hearts. And I don't know if you guys have experienced this already, uh, but it, it gets a little crazy out there um, during the holidays and, and thanks, uh, leading up to Thanksgiving and then uh, Black Friday. Anybody go out for Black Friday? Uh, oh, we're all waiting for Cyber Monday. I like you people. Um, so for, uh, Thanksgiving is wild and crazy and fun. And then as, as we lead into Christmas, uh, it's easy to get distracted. As you guys know, you don't need me to tell you this. It's, e it's so easy to get distracted and we can forget and lose sight of really what we are celebrating and what it is all about. And the swirl of life, the swirl of uh, culture, but beyond that, really, just the things that come up in our lives and in our families, in our marriages, and in the, in the stuff that we're walking through can be so, uh, such a distraction to what God is really wanting us to focus on during the Christmas season. And so that's why we love setting aside these Sundays in December. And, and, and it's Advent. Traditionally, it would be the Advent Sundays. We're not a traditional church no robes, I know, but we do love to set aside this Sunday, these Sundays and, and really look at what the Advent season is. And the Advent season is simply what I was saying. It's a chance for us to stop and make sure that we aren't being pulled and distracted by all the things that are going on, making sure that we're not numbing ourselves to things that we're trying or avoiding things that, that God is asking us to push into, that, that we're not losing sight of really what, how he's asking us individually and corporately how to walk through this season and, and it can, knowing that it can get a little bit crazy. And, and, and what, it, what it is is an opportunity for us to intentionally recall to mind the story of Jesus and to celebrate it and to worship him from that place, knowing that we do this year round, but this is so important and it's such an invitation for us to be able to understand the incarnation. And that incarnation meaning that place where God became flesh and where hope and joy and peace and love took on flesh and bones and came into our story. It's such a powerful reality. It's everything to our faith and to our journey. And so looking at these scriptures that we look at every year, just as a reminder as we begin this season, John 1.1 says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then John 1.14, speaking of the word, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. This is what John is saying as he's writing this. In the beginning was the word and then the, the word became flesh. And then John says, we saw Jesus. We saw his glory. We saw his miracles. We saw his death and his resurrection. We saw this glory manifest because he's the one who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And then John goes on to say in verse 18 of chapter one, no one has ever seen God, 
but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Without Jesus, we wouldn't know what the Father was like. Without Jesus, we wouldn't know God. So he came, the Word who was with God, he came and revealed his glory and his power, but he also came and revealed the Father. We haven't always known what God was like, right? We say this all the time. We haven't always known what God was like, but because we know Jesus, now we do. And we have a revelation of what God is like because we have seen Jesus. Colossians 2.9 says this, And for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity, all the fullness of God lives in human form. That is the incarnation. A child born of a virgin, fully human, fully God, entering into our story to rewrite our story. Entering into our story to invite us into his story. And the mistake that we often make within our culture is that we say, yes, Jesus, come and join my story. And let's go on an adventure together. Come and walk my story. Come and fulfill me. Come and bless me. Come and, come and do this with me. But really, the incarnation, Advent, Christmas, it is all about him entering into our story so that we could then lay down our story and pick up his story and walk in what he's calling us to walk in. And so that's what Advent is. It's this place of being able to focus on Christ during the season. Advent also talks about and speaks to us about waiting. And so while we are on this side of the cross and the resurrection, the ascension, the enthronement, we're on this side of it. And so we don't have to wait, right? We have access to, to the Father. We have access to the throne. Says, scripture says whenever we need, whenever we need grace, whenever we need rest, we just walk right in. There's no waiting on this side of the story. But when we live in that reality, sometimes we miss an opportunity to say, wait a minute, sometimes it's not quite so perfect. Sometimes it's not so easy. Sometimes it's not so fast. Sometimes there's dark parts of my own story and of my own life. Sometimes there's places where I am waiting for God to show up in my life. Sometimes there are these things that hurt and are painful and there's stuff that I am going through. And Advent reminds us that it wasn't always perfect, that there was this time of darkness. There was this time where God went silent. There was a time when everything went sideways. And in the darkest of darkness, in the time of struggle, in the time of silence, Jesus shows up as a baby right in human history. Arise and shine for the glory of God has shown up, for his light has shown through in the darkest moments that Jesus came. And that's the power of Advent. That's the power of the incarnation. That's the power of Christmas. That's what we're talking about, is that yes, we have full access to the Father, but we also have lives that have darkness, that have doubt, that have mystery in them right now. And so we look at this season as a place to say, yeah, when there was darkness, when there was doubt, when there was mystery, he came. And it was only a seed it was only a drop of light. It was only a baby. But this is the way that God works. Starting small, starting in what seems inconsequential, starting in what is easily overlooked, and he grows from that place into something that takes over the world, that takes over your life, that seed of faith, the mustard seed principle of how God begins small. And that's what Advent is about. Can we say, come into my life, come into the mystery, come into the pain, Come into the confusion that I'm in right now. Come into the hurt in my marriage right now. Come into the pain in my family right now. Come into the past and the trauma and the abuse that's happened to me that I've tried to squelch and push down. Would you come into that place too? And what he wants to do is he wants to be a God who says, I enter in. 
As you wait for me and as you set your heart to seek me, I meet you and I enter into that place. And that is what Advent is so much about. Many of us are facing impossible situations right now. Many of us are facing pain right now. Many of us are facing things that are so difficult and that is true. But what is the truth? The truth of incarnation is that we have a God who meets us in that place and comes and makes himself known to us, even in the dark place, even in the mystery. And that is what Advent is so powerfully about. The broken and the undone and the imperfect around me and the broken and the undone and the imperfect in your life are not places that God avoids. Those are targets for him to come and to heal and to set right and to restore, that he wants to do something powerfully powerful to mend you and to make things right today. And so Advent and Christmas and Jesus' birth is a reminder that he's not afraid of our mess and he runs to it instead to redeem it and to make it right. But in those places, we have that reality of saying, wait, God isn't just about fixing me. He isn't just about fixing my story. He isn't, about, he isn't only about that. There's something deeper and more powerful and more profound that he's actually doing. He didn't only come to mend and he didn't only come to give us what we need externally. He came because he is what we need. He came to give us exactly what we need because he is exactly what we need. And he came to save us and set us free. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul's writing to Timothy, a younger pastor, and he says this about Jesus, about the gospel. Jesus has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ and revealed before the beginning of time but it has now been revealed through the appearing of the Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death, come on, and has brought life and immortality to light through this good news. He has been revealed, the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we have a chance, as I said earlier, to throw over our own story and to jump into this story. It is an invitation. How do we do this? by believing the story of Jesus and by joining and partnering in that reality that he is alive and that he is inviting us, not because of anything that we've done, but because of his own purpose and his grace that was given to us in Christ Jesus. And even though it's been available before the beginning of time, we didn't know that until the appearing of Christ Jesus. That is the story of Christmas that is so powerful Our heart's deepest thirst, our heart's deepest desire is for God himself. That's what we were created for. He created us in that way that we would desire him and never be satisfied in anything else other than what he has and who he is outside of God. And that's why I'm thankful that in the very name that he gave himself, it's right there in that name, Emmanuel. And that's what we're focusing on this month, that reality of Matthew 1, 23, behold, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So God above us, God far beyond us, God incomprehensible to us, God unknown to us became God with us. And if we say yes to that story, if we say yes to that invitation that we saw in 1 Timothy, it's not just God above us. It's not just God with us. It is God within us. And that is the beautiful, powerful shift reality that we are looking at in this season. And that's the invitation he says to us. I am God above you, but now I am God with you. And I'm inviting you to come follow me. 
And to every one of us in this room, that's the invitation that we hear. Christmas isn't just celebration. Christmas isn't all of the other stuff. Christmas, if anything, is an invitation for you and for I, for me to say, will I come and will I follow you? This God who is Emmanuel, who is with us. One of the most powerful parts of the Christmas story that I love is the wise men. And uh, the wise men in the, in the story, they're mentioned only a few times in the gospel, but in Matthew chapter two, it's talking about Jesus's birth. And, and we know so much about what happened around it and the signs and the star and all of the things that were going on. But there was this group of wise men and they, they, they were far in the east and they had studied the prophecies and they knew that a Messiah was coming and they knew the signs and they knew the times and they knew when to look. And when the sign came, when they saw the star, they, they stopped everything they were doing and they went to worship Jesus. And so that, I love that reality of, of the wise men who were waiting for that opportunity to go. It said, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is the one who was born king of the Jews? People in that place and in that time didn't even know what they knew. And they had traveled so far for years, they had traveled to worship Jesus because they saw the invitation. They watched for that moment and they threw everything aside to go and to worship him. And they traveled and traveled and traveled and they got to the place. So where's Jesus? And they're like, who? Because they knew. They knew something that even people didn't notice right under their nose. They were watching and they were waiting and it's such a powerful thing. Wise men left everything and traveled. And that's why I say that Christmas isn't just a celebration. It's an invitation to come and follow him. Wise men and wise women travel. Is your life mobile? As you guys walk into this holiday Christmas season and Advent, can I say of you that you are one who's like the wise men who says, when I see Jesus, when I hear the invitation, when I have the opportunity, I'm not gonna hold on to my comfort. I'm not gonna hold on to my life as it is. I'm gonna say yes to following him. Wise women, wise men travel. They're willing to lay down their life and say, when I see Jesus, I go. When I see Jesus, I follow. When I see Jesus, I worship. I will lay down my life, even if it is at great expense to me, even if it takes me a lifetime. I am following and finding Jesus because Jesus revealed himself to us and invited us into that story that we would be able to comprehend and supernaturally have the revelation of who he is by following him with our lives and saying yes to him with our lives. That prophetic invitation in Isaiah Isaiah is an Old Testament prophet. But as an Old Testament prophet, it doesn't mean that he doesn't speak into the reality of the Messiah or the reality of Jesus. Isaiah speaks so often of Jesus. And even though it was years and years and years before, he spoke of this reality that said this, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. I believe that in Christmas and in this Christmas season, travel with our lives still absolutely rings true for every single one of us. Will we travel with our lives? Will we seek him while he has made himself available to us? Do we believe that he wants to make himself known to us? And as we throw over our lives and join his story, that we're gonna walk into something powerful and profound that redeems and restores every part of our story. Philippians 3 says this, knowing that he has made himself known and that God is not far off and he's not hidden, that Emmanuel has come. Philippians 3 says this, and this is Paul again. And I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do know, 
forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what is behind doesn't mean that we just devoid ourselves of our story. It simply means that those places and those things that we cling to by choice and comfort and maybe in some ways out of necessity that we are able to let go of those things that are holding us back from being wise men and wise women who travel to pursue Jesus. So he's not saying, hey, forget your story. It doesn't exist. No, your story is real. Your story exists. It's actually part of it. And it comes to life only when it is joined with the story of Jesus, when it's joined in the incarnation, when it's joined in that reality of what God is doing. Are you one? Am I one who presses forward to take hold of that for which Jesus took hold of us? Such a powerful reality to say, this is the calling of God, that Jesus, as the end of this verse says, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus is God calling you. The high calling of God is revealed in Jesus. That's what Jesus was doing, is calling you to follow, calling you to life. I am with you. Emmanuel, come and be with me. He is God with us. And that's what we celebrate this season. God with us in our imperfection. God with us in our story. God with us in, our, in the mystery. God with us in the pain. He is God with us restoring hope. He is God with us restoring joy. He is God with us making all things new. He is God with us in everything that we face, everything that we confront. He is God with us us moving in power and restoring our lives and regenerating opportunities even within our family line to see his health and his forgiveness released in a way that brings powerful restoration. He is God with us in the pain, in the trauma, in the doubt. God with us in the fear. He is God with us who doesn't turn his nose up at any parts of our lives, but says, I see that, and that is a target. I am the one who comes into the mystery, into the darkness, into the pain, and into the doubt, not to shame you, but to redeem you, to restore you, to set right, and to heal. That is Emmanuel. That is Christ who came to set us free and to say, come and follow me. We must not grow callous to this miracle that we are celebrating for these next few weeks. As I said in the intro, it's so easy for us to get our eyes on all sorts of other things. And we can be calloused and our hearts can become hard to the reality of what is really taking place. For God so loved the world that he gave. His love came with an action. He loved so much that he gave his son that you and I would have eternal life as we believe in him. This gift, this powerful, eternity-shifting thing that we have been invited into is what we celebrate. And it's, it's something that we cannot overlook and it's something we cannot and must not forget. But how do we enter in? We have to be willing to participate in the story. It doesn't do us any good to just hear the story and sing the songs. Go, ah, yeah, yeah, Jesus, Merry Christmas. Say it back to me. Uh, It's it's not that. It's it's, are you ready to see Advent, to see the incarnation, to see Emmanuel as an invitation and that this is an opportunity for you to join the story 
maybe in a greater capacity and in a greater way than you ever have before in your life. Let this be the Christmas that marks your life where you said, God, I'm tired and I'm done with trying to live my story and inviting you to my story. I want to live in your story this year. I want this to be the year that everything changes for me. And I know that you're asking me to participate in this journey and not just be someone who hears this story. Are you prepared to receive everything that God has given you through Christ? And are you ready to give freely of what you have received this Christmas season? Ephesians 3 says this, Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him and your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. And that's what I want us to have is I want us to have an opportunity to simply check our hearts and understand that Advent is about preparing our hearts to receive the Savior. And I know, I've received the Savior. But really, this is an opportunity for us to look across our life and say, is this, this, this incarnational God who's made himself known and shown up in the story, am I making space in every part of my life for him? And this is a chance for us to check that. And to really pull our heart before him and say, God, are you, are you welcome in every area of my heart? Are you welcome in every area of my mind? Are you welcome in every area of my story? Are you welcome in every area of my life? This is a gift. This season is a gift. That we get to keep coming back and refocusing and, and really asking that question. Is there, is there any areas of my life that, aren't, that are hard towards you, that are callous towards you, that have forgotten you, that have, that have barred the door? because I'm hurting or I'm afraid are there areas of my life. And Advent is all about us just sitting before the Savior and saying, I want every part of me to be available to every part of you. I want to hold nothing back from you any longer. And so that's what I want us to do this morning as we begin this Christmas season, that we would be living out of overflow as we go through these days ahead. We wouldn't be in survival mode, okay? Living Waters Church, it's not full of people who are going to go out there and be in survival mode, living off the dregs of your relationship with God or the last bit of your emotions or the last bit of your physical strength, lashing out at people, protecting yourself from people, having nothing to give to people. This is not what is going to mark us. We are going to be marked as people of his presence because we have laid every part of our life bare before him and said, come, fill me afresh in this season, that when I walk out there into the craziness, when I go to Walmart or wherever it is, when I go into that relationship, when I go into that home, when I go into that workplace, that you are living out of the story of the incarnation and you are living out of an overflow, that this is not the year that you will be marked by having almost nothing left to give and that you would operate out of that and begin to hurt people and hurt relationships and hurt the opportunity that you have to be a part of this amazing story that we're invited into. How do we do that? How do we get out of survival mode? How do we get out of that reality of saying, I don't want to live with nothing in my tank. I want to have plenty to pull from. And I believe that it's this. We get to check our hearts. And so this morning, this is what I want us to do. I want us to take a few minutes, and I just want to check these areas of our hearts that Holy Spirit puts on my, put on my heart, on my heart, for each one of us. And so here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to just set your stuff aside. I want you to close your eyes if you can or find a posture, move to a different spot if you need to. I'm done preaching at you. You've heard my invitation. I'm imploring you to let this be a different season than you've ever had before. I'm imploring you to join his story. You've heard me preach at you, but now I just want this opportunity for us to meet Holy Spirit as we look at these places of our hearts today that we would live out of more. place. You've been meeting us so powerfully this whole morning, God. We set aside these next few minutes. Holy Spirit, come and do work in us. Come and bring your light. Come and bring your fire. The fire that doesn't destroy, but the fire that refines. That's what we want right now, is that our hearts would be placed into the fire of your love and of your presence, and they would be refined, and that they would be given back to us softer than we've ever experienced before. So as we check our hearts this morning, I just want to throw some things out there for you guys, and that you would weigh these yourself as you encounter God right now. There are places in your heart that are cold this morning. by cold, I just mean hard and dull or numb. Numb to the things that you're feeling. Numb to God. Hard to the things around you. Holy Spirit, come and reveal these to us. That's you and in the privacy, no one's or, or make a sh- doing anything, but maybe just place your hands out before you or, or, or make a shift, even if it's in your heart, in your mind. I want to prophesy over that place that you feel like my heart is numb, my heart is cold, my heart is hard. I believe that this is a season, this Christmas season, this month of December in 2019, is a moment and a place and a time when hearts that are cold and numb that have lost their feeling are going to be warmed by God's presence. That as you lift up these places to him, that he sees and he meets, and that the warmth and the power of his presence comes and just begins to heal and restore those places. Your heart doesn't need to be cut apart. Your heart, there's not big parts of it that just need to be removed. It is simply placing it before him and allowing his presence to soften you right now. I've seen all morning just God moving with a gentleness and a sweetness. And I believe that's what he does with our hearts when they're cold and when they're hard and they're brittle. He doesn't come with with just this huge swinging away and, and damaging our hearts. He just pulls them in. And in his gentleness, he just begins to soften. So God, would you soften hearts right now as we walk into this Christmas season, we've become calloused. so easily frustrated. We're so easily disconnected. Soften our hearts. 
Is your heart busy today? Is your, is your heart so busy, caught up, competing, comparing, looking around you, seeing what everybody else has, seeing what everybody else is doing, trying to impress, trying to accomplish everything? Is your heart become busy in this holiday season, in this Christmas season, in this season of Advent? I just prophesy if that's your heart, if that resonates with you, if that busyness and that feeling, I prophesy. I speak to your heart. And I break off the lie that you are not enough. At the core of busyness is that lie that we are not enough, that we have to accomplish more, that we have to prove more. And I prophesy into your life and over your heart that he is enough for you, that he is absolutely enough. Let him be enough for you this season. Stop proving, stop being busy, stop, stop filling everything up and every moment up with something. Let this be a season of rest like you've never experienced before in Jesus' name. I just see you placing yourself at his feet and declaring over, over your life, he is enough. Is your heart dark this morning? And by that, I just mean, are you choosing stuff that is directly contrary to what God wants for your life? Are you moving and operating in things that you know are contrary to the Spirit and to what God is desiring for you? Maybe it's places where you know that He's met you and even said, this is the direction I want you to go. These are the things that I want you to do. And you've said, no, I want to go my own way. I want to do my own thing. And you've made a conscious choice to just walk away into that dark place saying, God, I, I want the darkness because I want to do my own thing. And I declare over that heart and over your heart and over your life, this is a season where his light is going to come and find you. That as you stop this running into the darkness and you turn, that you will see his light and that you have this place and this beautiful invitation for him to just say, come, come into the light, but I'm bringing the light to you. God, we speak to darkness that it would be dispelled right now, that lies that are being believed would be broken off right now, that the things and the affirm affirmations that are being found in behaviors and in disobedience would be revealed right now for what they truly are, that we would see in this moment that the things that we are pursuing have nothing on you and that what you have is for us is far greater. And we say yes to your light, piercing even the darkness that we're trying to hide in, God. We don't want any darkness hovering over our hearts. Is your heart bitter today? And by bitter, I mean, is your heart feeding on old stories? Is your heart constantly just reciting pain and frustration and hurt and wounds and the ways that people have hurt you and crossed you and let you down? And as you're feeding on those old stories, your heart is becoming more and more bitter and more and more brittle. And if that's you, would you just hold your heart out before him right now? This is a season I declare over your heart. This is a season to give what you have received so freely, and that is forgiveness. You have been forgiven freely. And releasing forgiveness conquers a bitter heart. And so I speak over you that you would be able to release forgiveness to those that have hurt you, to those that have clearly wronged you. Let forgiveness just begin to break out of your heart 
right now. Supernatural, not even something that you could drum up yourself, that you would walk out of this room going, how God is it even possible that I can forgive, but it is only by grace. But I believe that that is what God has for your heart this season. This is a season for your heart that is bitter to interrupt those old stories. Jesus, we invite you right now into those stories that we're reciting and that you would interrupt them and you would step into them and that those stories would break against your chest as you stand there with your arms open and that that bitter cycle of story would just break and burst against you as you stand and you offer forgiveness and you offer restoration and that then we would turn and offer the same. Is your heart judging? And by that I mean, is, it, is you standing in condemnation of God or others? Are you standing in superiority of others? Are you looking down at people? Are you holding people in their failures? Are you holding people in their past? And this is a season where I believe that you get to release prisoners that you've held in your heart of unforgiveness and of judgment. That you hold the keys and I see you walking down the cells and the prisons that you've held people in. And I see you with those keys. And for the first time ever, you're taking those keys off of the hook. And instead of walking down those cells and telling people how they've failed you and how miserable they are and, and, and how they'll never measure up, that you would walk this time, you would walk with those keys in your hand and you would just begin to release people from judgments that you're holding over them, that you would begin to release people and set captives free. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this opportunity just to search our hearts before we walk out into this season that is so crazy and wild and so many things going on and there's so much pain that comes up, there's so much fear that comes up, there's so much disappointment that comes up, but there's also so much joy and family and relationship and community and we wanna be fully alive and fully present in every single moment, entering into your story, God with us and us with you. And it begins as we condition our hearts to receive you fully again. Search our hearts. Restore our hearts. That we would live hearts overflowing in this season ahead. I go back to, as I close, back to Isaiah 60. As I quoted this verse earlier, I just want you to hear it ringing in your ears as you leave from this place. This is the prophecy of the Messiah. It says this, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. That this is Jesus shining his glory on your life. And that you get to carry that glory and that light out into the darkness in everything that you do. Steward your hearts to receive and steward your lives to give. In Jesus' name we pray.